here's something interesting I like to tell people. This is a very dangerous book. And what looks <laughs> all jacked up. <laughs> but what do I mean by this being a dangerous book? <clears throat> this book has been so misinterpreted that you could almost justify almost every single evil, heinous action that a person commit, things like genocide, things like murder, rape. And the funny thing is, you will not hear those things discussed on the pulpit. But it's there. Yeah. And Christians have to deal with it. And, you know, so when we say that this is God's love letter to us, you really have to wonder if that's just a, it's an interesting blanket statement. Because when you, when you really dig deep, especially in the Old Testament, this does not look like a love letter <laughs> in certain passages. Because then a lot of times we'll say all these statements, Bible teaches that. Is it really the Bible or that's what you think the Bible says? And if you see the things that are said within the law, it'll raise your eyebrows and see how is that God? Yeah. I, I could point out Deuteronomy 20, 21 and all these different chapters of they're saying that within the law, you know, go to a certain town, bring peace. If they don't accept your peace, just take everybody, kill everybody, take the women. I want you to shave their heads, cut out their toenails, cut out their fingernails. And when you're done with them and you just don't want them anymore, you can put them away. And then we see all these horrendous things in the Old Testament. And we would say that's God. So but there was definitely a lot of manscribed things within the law. Right. But it's in, the, it's in our Bibles. Mm -hmm. It's in our Bibles. This is not in a Christian book. It's in our Bibles that if someone were to open up the Old Testament, we'll say this is God's Word. And it says it here. The Lord says... So how, do we, how do we deal with that? How do a lot of these things that we see in the Old Testament of God doing reconcile with the life of Christ? So, so is God violent too? I think he's peaceful and violent. Okay, schizophrenic. Is he schizophrenic? Too? <laughs> maybe, maybe human capacity no. to understand. No, I mean, I mean, think about it. I was, I was looking at, um, right, and it's like stories from the Old Testament where they make it for kids. Mm -hmm. But when you look, when you look at it from a perspective of. Um, just a non-Christian perspective. They'll be like, you're telling me God wiped out all of humanity and just saved th these few? How is that a good God? Right? So I'm pointing that back to the cross because the cross is very violent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to show you how is this God who saves us through His Son is the same God that kills all these people in the Old Testament mm -hmm. and tells people, I don't want anyone alive kill everybody even the babies was the Bible written for us depends what we mean okay. I like Brian McLaren now really recommend his work he wrote a book called a new kind of Christianity um, I'm, I'm very fond of Brian McLaren's work and his thinking so he's had a lot of influence on me so I can make sense of how to read this Bible he says that many people read this Bible as if it's a constitution it's just very easy to quote. Oh, that's bad. Homosexuality is bad. Stealing is bad. Romans chapter 5, da 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 That's it. You might as well shut up because the Bible said so. Right? It's like a bunch of laws that you, it's forcibly, mm -hmm. you have to agree to it. Because the Bible said you don't really get to think. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Is it supposed to be read like a constitution? Or are you supposed to understand it as like a library of people that all throughout history have experienced God in one way or the other? where they've gotten it right sometimes and they've gotten it wrong sometimes <laughs> because if we really want to believe that every single detail it's not the infallible word 
Anda selalu anda share macam ni, serius. I'm just trying to be realistic here because okay, okay. If we want to jump into this topic real quick, and don't worry, I'll get back to this whole sacrifice and all that stuff and Jesus' death. How many of you have read the Bible from cover to cover? Yeah. Okay, and some of us haven't. And many Christians, believe it or not, already say that this is God's word infallible inerrant 100 percent did you know that that term inerrancy which means that all of it is 100 percent true that's that's just the definition of it when we use that term inerrancy many inerrant people people that believe in that i mean they're just talking about the original manuscripts they're not talking about our translations that's why we have so many translations mm -hmm. okay now this is going to be a big shift for a lot of people because if you have to believe that every single detail in that book is 100%, you're going to struggle with contradiction. Oh. You will. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Christians don't want to do that. Now I asked you guys, how many of you believe, or how many of you have read this book? Not all of us have read it. Yet some of us who haven't read it completely assume that it's an infallible, inerrant word of God and you haven't even read all of it. Wow. Why would you do that? <laughs> And for those of us who have read it from cover to cover, I could challenge you and say, how many of you have, have studied every single verse in the Bible and made sure that every single thing is on point and true? No one. No one. No, right? Yet we assume. Mm -hmm. We assume that it's true. And you can try to do that, but you're going to have a lot of problems with that when you look at the God in the Old Testament and the God revealed in Jesus Christ. You're going to see a huge inconsistency there. Right? You guys following? Yeah. Okay. And what I want to do, just as a, as a regular person, just like any book, you want to be very objective and say, is this true or not? Because if we, now we're in the charismatic scene, I could see, right? Now, isn't it possible for us in the charismatic scene now, who are under the new covenant, who have the Spirit of God within us, don't we say, God told me, God told me, and sometimes it's not Him? Yeah. <laughs> and now here's these people in the Old Testament that were on you know, with that inferior covenant than we are, and yet we assume that everything that they say is true. And many times they promote violence. <laughs> How do you explain the verse in the book of Psalms that, you know, happier are those who take babies and bash their heads, against, bash them against the rock? How do you explain that? <laughs> or how do you explain the psalmist when they say, God bless my enemies, and in another passage, destroy my enemies? Right. How do you explain that? If you want to believe that everything in there is God's word, are you guys okay with this stuff? Okay, you don't have you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with me. All I'm doing is I'm trying to have what? How can we have a healthy view of the Bible? That that, that doesn't mean we throw about we throw away this book. This book is very unique in the sense that I'm not saying it's on par and saying all oh, the books now it's exactly the same. No, there there is a uniqueness to it in the sense that many of these people did witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we're not there. So there's that uniqueness. But I'm wondering when we say that it's inspired, can it be that it's it's man's inspired inspired words about God, but yet they still have their mistakes throughout this process of knowing God in this journey. Because isn't it possible that there was a progressive revelation, not in the sense that God changed from old to new, but that throughout history, there's this unfolding of people finally getting it here and there. And sometimes they don't. You see that, folks? Is it possible that it could be people's minds making stuff up just like we do that now i'm not saying everybody in the bible did that but that's why we have to test and find out what is true what is what if someone from the old testament says something that's in contradiction to someone to, to jesus christ when jesus says hey you've heard it said you've heard it said eye for an eye tooth for a tooth no turn the other cheek oh that's gonna screw us up or 
that'll just give us a healthier view of how to read a book. That here's these people, they haven't figured it out, just like we have it. And they're learning and unlearning. Just like you could read a book now and you could get some good nuggets in there. And some of it you're like, nah, I don't know about that. Why, why can't we think that in the Bible, it's the same thing, right? Read the Old Testament again, and you'll see why I'm pretty hard on this. Because when you read it in detail, it looks nothing like Jesus Christ at times, at times. But in many times it does. And it's like you want to skip over the stuff that you're like, I don't yeah. want to think that. No one would want to preach, no one would want to preach that stuff. You know? Hey, let's wipe out all the gay people. Sodom and Gomorrah, guys. Let's wipe them all out with the fire. Let's just wipe them out. Let's just, why don't we do that in San Francisco right now? Why not? Oh, that's Old Testament. Well, then that's your God too, though. Your God will, you know? We need to read this book through the eyes of grace. Through the eyes of Christ. Let Christ be the canon within the canon. Instead of this is the canon, the ultimate word of God, everything from cover to cover is true. What if there's a canon within the canon and Christ is the canon? And Christ is the lens. That when you see something there in the Old Testament or even in the New, you interpret it in, in light of Christ. That's good. Because yeah. even, even people under the New Covenant, Peter got things wrong. He, was, he did some stupid things. He put people back under the law. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Good. God revealed in Christ, He's our lens. Yes. Okay. We, we good so far? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Don't kick Go me on. out yet, okay? <laughs> and think about this, folks. If we put so much focus on this Holy Bible, the Bible even says that you are living epistles now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about, in our culture, we have to make everything very archaic or everything ancient, like the copy of the Old Testament or everything in the New Testament. We don't. There were girls seeing it earlier. The Bible says, be silent, women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we have to look at that as a cultural thing. Yeah. I, I appreciate this one book. Um, I forgot the name of the author. I know the last name might be Webb, and I read this in college where it talks about there's this redemptive movement that happens in the Bible. That it's not this very static. This is the Bible. Better believe whatever it says. But there's this movement that's going on because, like I said, the Bible doesn't tell you to abolish slavery. It actually tells the slaves obey your masters. But why don't we have slavery anymore? At least where we're at. Right? Because they took people that understand the scripture properly, took the heart of God. Yeah. And therefore eventually got slavery out of the picture. Because there is this redemptive movement that's going on of God's revelation unfolding. Not that God ever changed, but now we're finally getting it now. You know, and this is another thing I like what Brian McLaren said that imagine we took, we were in a time machine and we go to the future. We have to acknowledge that we don't have it all together even now. Right. And that we're still being invited to participate on this journey just like everybody in in the past so we're still everything's still unfolding we're still learning so in, imagine we go to the year 2030 or something and imagine that that people are we're on a talk show we're being interviewed but we're in the future now and people are interviewing us from the future saying oh my gosh you guys believed in war back then you guys are crazy you know oh you guys don't believe that new agers are saved or blah 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 i mean every, look at just decades ago we're against even blacks preaching in certain places Right in some culture or women, but look how much has changed. Because it's still and it's still going to progress. It's still going to not that God's changing. God's not changing, but we're changing. We're figuring it out. We're being liberated by the good news. If we want to talk about the violence that we see in the Old Testament, and we don't have to read everything, but in Romans chapter twelve, you could write this down if you want. 
I'm just saying, you know, in Romans chapter 12 and in Romans 14, Paul almost reinterprets the Old Testament. You know how they tend to quote the Old Testament once mm -hmm. in a while? Yeah. And you'll see the bottom of your Bible, there's a footnote yeah. citing Deuteronomy or Psalms. When you have a chance, we don't have to do this now, but in Romans chapter 12, verses 19 to 21, he's quoting an Old Testament passage. And it's interesting because he takes that passage and he removes the violent part. Wow. But if you read in the Old Testament, it's a violent context, but he removes it. Then when you look at Romans chapter 14, yeah, Romans 9 through 12, he, he quotes the Old Testament again, like Deuteronomy, and he removes the violent part again. You would get an F in hermeneutics and in Bible exegesis, because we're told don't do that. Don't take it out of context. Why? Because Paul was showing people that there's this redemptive movement of how people in that culture understood God. He was a violent God. Paul, Paul interpreted the law through the lens of violence, which is why he persecuted Christians. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's telling you there's a way to read the scriptures. You don't just read it and copy it, right? But he's reinterpreting, he's saying, God is not like that. God is a God of mercy.